Welcome back to One Book That Changed My Life, where entrepreneurs and experts share one book and the life-changing principles they applied. If you love that flash, that spark of inspiration when a great idea just leaps off the page at you, but you don't have time for all the amazing books you run across, then this podcast is designed for you. In each episode, you'll discover business books, past and present, that are changing the lives of people just like you and come away with insights you can put into action right now. So let's jump into the latest book. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is one book that changed my life. Scott Chopin is my guest today. We're talking about the book, The Sovereign Individual, which you may have run across before. It's a, it's a bit of an older book at this point now. It came out in uh, the fall of 99. So we're going to talk about when Scott first encountered the book. Uh, obviously, if we want to run a show like this, reach out to our agency. This is what we do. We do podcast production. It's 100% done for you, including the guest booking. So let's jump in because Scott and I have been uh, chatting away like the Gilmore Girls <laughs> before we hit record. But like we should actually get something recorded on the books for this appointment. Yeah, you better turn that thing on there, Matt. What's the hell? Exactly. All right. So, uh, so first of all, the book comes out in 99. When did you encounter it and what were you doing at the time? Yeah. So, you know, earlier we talked about, you know, my, my discovery of Bitcoin, which was, you know, like sort of mid-year 2020, Raw Paul, Real Vision, and that, mm-hmm. that, that conversation that we had. And really, as you start to, you know, get into the idea of, of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and blockchain, it has like a whole economic, uh, you know, knowledge underpinning. And, you know, so that would be Austrian economics mm-hmm. um, and the, you know, the people who are practitioners of this. And, the, you know, this goes, you know, way back into history. Um, and, and it, but it sort of got overwhelmed by some of the newer uh, adopted economic, you know, principles yeah. like Keynesian, Keynesian economic, right? Modern monetary theory, all that. Money, kind of yeah, MMT, that's right. Yeah. And so as I, as I started to, you know, delve into Bitcoin to on my way to becoming, you know, a, a quasi Bitcoin maximalist, you know, there's a set of books that you, you know, if you really want to understand it best, you, you read. So, you know, uh, the Bitcoin standard is, is a, is a book that people should look at mm-hmm. that talks about, you know, uh, mon- monetary systems and money as a, as a social construct and, how that changes society and cultures and how cultures and societies, you know, operate, you know, within monetary systems. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you got the sovereign individual, which we'll talk in more detail. You got the fourth turning. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's one that I'm, I'm reading right now. And there's probably some, several other books. Um, Jeff Booth has a book called the price of tomorrow, which talks about technology as a, as a deflationary mechanism. Right. And, you know, earlier we talked about inflation and, you know, the, the debauching of, 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 you know, sort of, uh, you know, major monetary systems like the U.S. dollars, the world's reserve currency mm-hmm. and governments, centralized governments, you know, propensity to print money is an answer to economic and societal Everything. problems. Mm-hmm. And so Bitcoin is the opposite of that, right? The hardest money, you know, uh, that we've ever known because of its mm-hmm. algorithmic structures. And so when we... so as part of that came across the sovereign individual. In fact, I think it read it during the year 2020. In fact, I remember we went to Palm Springs for like spring break, you know, and I'm sitting by the pool in the shade reading this book and between the Bitcoin standard and the sovereign individual, it, it opened up huge, you know, like I, I consider myself to be a pretty well-read person, but there were whole, um, and we'll get into it, you know, you, you'll ask questions of it, but just whole parts of, like how societies and human beings operate that are really, when you boil it down, are, are a function of the monetary system, right? 
And and so yeah, I was going to ask you what the I, biggest idea is, and it sounds like that you were you answered that question. The, the yeah. biggest takeaway was just how much of what happens in society and things that we wouldn't normally relate to economics actually has economic incentives at like the very heart of yeah. why cultures and countries do what they do, right? Yeah. So I never equated like social disruption with money. Now, like, as I say that, it sounds like a go, oh, well, like it, 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 it should be, but I think I never understood like the, the direct uh, connection. So as an example, so in our Keynesian economic environment, Western civilization, the idea of inflation, central banks manage inflation more recently. They go, oh, you know, our inflation is going to be 2% or, you know, it's full employment and, and you know, like managing inflation, right? But it's sort of gone to the, to the inflation. Let's manage that. So underlying that is the idea that some inflation is good. And so we manage for that 2% a year. But if you if you back out further and you go, oh, I take that 2% or whatever the real inflation rate, it's like way over 2% or way over 7 the, the last print for inflation, is that that is the decline of the value of the currency in that society or that culture over a really, really long period of time. And, it's, and, in, and as I speak that, right, the idea of like somebody owns a house um, and hey, my parents, you know, they bought their house in 1967. It was $20,000. And um, now that house is worth, you know, 800000 right? I think to some degree, people who, who aren't educated in these sort of economic principles, they go, oh, well, that's the market increasing the value of, of the house. So I'm, I'm, I'm benefiting, I'm gaining, right. right? Like, this is a good thing. I put, I put my down payment. I got, a, I got my house. Like, I'm making money here, right? I'm, my, my net worth is increasing. Mm-hmm. And there may be some of that. But if you look at the actual, like, utility of living in your house, like, how human beings would value that, that's not really gone up by from 20,000 to 800,000, whatever that math is, right? The utility yeah. of having your own house didn't increase that much. So yeah. the real ec- economic mechanism that underpins that is inflation, right? And so for most people to go, oh, inflation's sort of okay. Um, not too much. You know, we don't want to be deflationary. We don't want to be depression, that kind of thing. Yeah, but there's a look, weird fear. There's a weird fear of deflation. There, th- Yeah, there is, right? And, yeah. and, I, and that because it's always... Uh, equated with depression, i.e., right. you know, the Great Depression. Never right? mind that we see deflation every day and the fact that our electronics consistently get cheaper oh, and cheaper. We love deflation there, but everywhere right. else it's a horrible thing. I, I mean, you know, you read that book, Jeff Booth, The Price of Tomorrow, it's like, it's mm. like really eye-opening. You go, wow. And if it weren't deflationary for the, you know, the value of technology and, and, and you know, the increasing utility of technology and even the dropping of costs, you know, that inflation rates would, would be even more. But here's sort of the answer is that, that people, human beings, operate inside the monetary system in a, in a functional connection with how they perceive the value of the money, right? And so in really extreme hyperinflationary environments, people stop uh, thinking in the long-term preference and they start to think in the short-term preference, time yeah. preference, Right. And uh, in fact, in, in, in the Bitcoin standard, and I think in sovereign individual, they talk about, you know, time preference. But the idea is that if you're in a, in a current, in a hyperinflationary system, you're not worrying about the long term because you can't save yeah. your money and mm-hmm. not have it be eroded quickly. Like people start to recognize mm-hmm. that, man, if I hold this dollar, 
and I hold it for a year, it's going to be worth 20% less. That's probably where we're at today in the United States is yeah. probably real inflation at, you know, somewhere between 15 to 20%, right? Yeah. Um, and so what happens is human beings, they start to act differently because they go, my money's not going to be worth as much in a year. I got to do something right now to protect that. I got to go buy a hard asset. You know, I got to buy a commodity. I got to buy gold. Mm -hmm. But really the main thing is to think is that they stop thinking about the long-term future as positive. It becomes negative. And then what starts to happen is people, you know, I can't, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but, you know, people start to be fearful and short-term oriented. And I think anybody who listens to that would know, like, that's not a, that's not a good way to be, you know, when companies manage on the short-term because they're publicly traded, it's never as good as if they can consider and invest in the long run, right? Like, you know, Asian countries and their hundred year plans and, you know, Mm -hmm. multi-generational. So it, it, it changes the time preference. And then also in that, you know, declining value of your currency, the income inequality starts to get more and more mm-hmm. like broad. So, yep. you know, before I read these books, to me, income inequality, you know, you saw it and you go, mm-hmm. it's there. And, and then you go, it must be something happening. And, but the logic for me, why that was happening wasn't that the monetary system was messing with that and creating the income inequality, but it must be that, you know, maybe these people aren't as well-educated or, mm-hmm. you know, our economic system is, 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 rewarding people with higher education or that have yeah. capital to invest, which is true. Yeah. They're all, right? yeah. All the free market stuff still applies. Um, but free yeah, you stack that, the inflation on top of it. Right. But, yeah, but, but really ultimately the income equality has gotten to where it's gotten because basically anybody who's cognizant of this, this, this inflationary environment, the eroding of the value of money will invest in things that are, you know, harder, like hard money, hard assets, you know, think mm-hmm. land, real estate, gold, Bitcoin mm-hmm. would be like that. And, yeah. and, and so people who are wealthy are going to probably likely have better education, better knowledge. They're going to have capital to actually buy that gold or buy that Bitcoin. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're protected. And that doesn't mean they're indifferent to inflation. It's just that they're less uh, eroded by it. And maybe yeah. they even make money, right? Their investment yeah. is, is yeah. producing if you're, a better. If you're close to the money printing engine, you, you win the closer. Yeah. You are, the, 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 the cotillion effect, right. Which is, you know, those closest to the money printer, you know, get the benefit of that uh, mm-hmm. first. So, so really it's, it's so, and then, and then the last part of it is, you know, social disruption, um, you know, riots and, right. and, you know, people out in the streets protesting, um, you know, you, you always sort of thought in terms of like politics, oh, you know, people are protesting mm-hmm. against this, but really the, the p- more and more propensity of, of the, the rioting and the, and the criminality and, you know, people, you know, bum rush in the jewelry store in New York, mm-hmm. you know, you go, well, that, you know, that's some, some policing, you know, defunding the police, that whole, that whole political environment. But really, if you look at it, the fundamental principle is those people don't have the economic opportunity that you would have were it not for inflationaries eroding of the economic system such that if you're a wage earner, right. And you're, and you live in poverty or you're, you know, you don't have the money to invest. You're always being eroded, right. Your wages Mm -hmm. are stagnant relative. So I think we're maybe in a wage inflationary environment now a little bit, but you know, it ain't 20%. 
No, twenty percent inflation is forty percent. So you can afford a new used car, right? And so, so people start to recognize, and maybe it's intuitive. They just go, "God, it's like really hard to. I can't afford a house." Right? Whole generations of people who will see themselves now that they will never own a house. Hey, it's Matt. And if you want to turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, that is the question I am obsessed with. And you can get all of my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos, etc. It all goes into the Microfamous Field Report, which is available only on Substack. So go to microfamous.substack.com, enter your email address to get access for free. And now let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, it's that creeping sense of dread that you're not, you're not get your life is not going to be you're missing out. You're being left now. behind. Yeah. You, your, your options are eliminated or none, maybe as you perceive mm-hmm. it. And so all those different things start to coalesce yeah. and people are like, I'm pissed off. I'm, yeah. I'm getting screwed here, man. I'm like, what's happening? And, and people, they don't know what to do because in many cases there is nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they don't have the money to invest. They maybe don't have the education that could like, you know, get them into a higher wage earning environment, even there, higher wages still are eroded by inflation, right? That, that still is the, the issue. So it really puts people in a box and it puts middle and lower income people, individuals and families ever further behind the curve to the point. And I don't think we're there yet, but I think we go there here relatively soon where there will be major systemic like breakdowns, like people like what's the thing I'm reading now. Some people are saying for food shortages, right. related to the Ukraine, Russian, you know, uh, natural gas restrictions, you know, fertilizer costs, you know, Ukraine, which I didn't realize like like one of the major wheat producers in the world. So that's food restrictions. Somebody said, basically societies are nine meals from, you know, total chaos. Yep. which is three days of eating. If I don't have food and I can't eat and I can't feed my family, then, then it's going to get really crazy. And, and I don't wish that. And, you know, in the way yeah. that we work in our real estate to house families is to actually be a offset to that in the way that we can. Right. Mm-hmm. But it could get to that point. And I'm not a, I'm, I'm a really optimistic person generally, but I'm also a pragmatist, right? I look at it and I go, this could happen really, you know, uh, fertilizer going up, whatever it's three or 400%. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm mis- misquoting it, but you know, the, the graphs on commodities are going straight up, you know, yeah. steel, yeah, oil, wheat, you know, natural gas fertilizer. Um, if you can even get it right, mm-hmm. which, you know, itself, the, the supply restriction. So we're, we're at that, you know, the four, the book, the fourth turning talks about it and, and sovereign individual does as well is that we're at the tail end of this economic, you know, like, you know, time period. Uh, mm-hmm. it, I would suggest people uh, uh, look for a guy named Mark Moss on YouTube okay. and he's an interesting guy to watch. And he talks about, and, and he got this from, you know, some of these books that we've described today about these economic cycles, like debt cycles, uh, monetary system cycles, and they each have different ones in the fourth turning and sovereign individual talk about this as well. But it looks like we're at the tail end of two or three different cycles. You know, we have more debt than we've ever had. Um, you know, we're highly inflationary environments. Um, you know, we're at that, you know, sort of fat government, you know, thin population, you know, sort of, yeah. you know, balance. Yeah. Um, and that the, you know, the idea of the you know U.S. dollar is the world's reserve currency, you know, you know, post Bretton Woods 
and, and no gold standard, like it, it's, 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 it cannot be sustained any longer. Mm-hmm. And we seem to be at the tail end of that. And unfortunately, um, it, it means deep disruption. Um, but as we talked about, you know, before also the opportunities are probably the biggest opportunities yeah. in generations. Like literally yeah. we are at the time where if, if, if somebody can get educated, read these books, we're talking about that the opportunities are the greatest that, you know, we'll, people are saying that like from Bitcoin will create the first trillionaire mm-hmm. will be somebody who holds Bitcoin, like a Michael Saylor or somebody, you know, that, <laughs> you know, that, you know, somebody who's of that mm-hmm. caliber um, will be, you know, the first trillionaire, which or, some, or somebody who bought them early and didn't sell them for a pizza. Yeah. Some, um, some, some, yeah. you know, some, you know, silent whale that, you know, mm-hmm. none of us even know their name. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's what I wanted to make sure that we got to. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, the op- the opportunities are huge. Uh, somebody made the comment, like, I don't think we've seen the Google, Amazon, or Facebook of the blockchain world yet. Mm-hmm. There's still to come. And right. so Bitcoin has gone up, you know, tens of thousands of percent, and that's great. But mm-hmm. there's still bigger opportunities out there. So it's it's the yeah. mindset of, and this is what I, what I wanted to bring around for the audience, is this is why it's changed your life, is it sent you down, further down the path of, preparing for the things that can be a way out of the things that are going wrong. Like this is a whole new alternative parallel structure of how financing can be done and, and currencies mm-hmm. and things like that. And the opportunistic part, like, yeah. Hey, yes, these, because of all this stuff going on over here, we're going to have some ill effects, but over here, there's massive opportunities. So yeah. keep, stay optimistic, stay positive, stay mm-hmm. open. Um, don't become too cynical and skeptical because there are, huge opportunities in that. I think that's a great point. Yeah. What I would add to that is, you know, to that cynical and skeptical is don't get frozen. Yeah. That's something when we talked about the 2008 recession, that was something that I experienced is that when you look at an environment and your options are, are limited, right? Like, you know, the economic environment forces you into a, a particular situation or position, you know, the first thing the human body does is get into a, a fear complex, you know, fight or flight, and that generally what I experienced was that that wipes out your ability to think and problem solve and innovate, because when you're yeah. scared, all you can really think about, and this is human nature's we're built that way, because if a tiger was going to eat in the bush, you're like, you mm-hmm. didn't think deeply, you ran, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you got out of that situation. But now we're in like these economic cycles and they're, and they're slower, right? It's not a tiger eating you in the bush, but it's sort right. of having that effect on your psychology. And that was really where I found is that the opportunities are there. You just have to get unlocked or unfrozen enough to go, okay, there's something out there. What do I, what can I look for that's, you know, cheap real estate or this cryptocurrency fell down I can, and I can buy it at a much reduced price or there's some new offer because this new technology. I mean, Web3 and the blockchain, DeFi, you know, Bitcoin mm-hmm. environment is, that is the massive opportunity it's also, you know, the wild west and <laughs> yes, crazy and, you know, it's going to be a lot of experiments that will fail. Um, mm-hmm. You know, somebody used the analogy of, you know, when, when the automobile first started to be manufactured, right. There was like dozens and dozens of car mm-hmm. companies that were building cars. Cause that was the new technology, the horseless carriage. Well, look at how many of those survived over, over the long run, right. Like a handful, you know, the yep. three, you know, bigs in the American, you know, Toyota, that kind of thing. And so we're at that point, right? We're at that point for 
cryptocurrencies that won't survive, mm-hmm. for DeFi and Web3 companies that will experiment won't survive. Yeah. Um, but the 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 innovation and the like velocity of what will be successful is bigger than what we've ever seen, you know, in our lifetime. So yeah, it's it's easy to say that. I just what I found is if people aren't prepared to go into that fear mode, right? And, and in fact, yeah. the, the thing I use at home is fear, false evidence appearing real, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to get in there, okay? Because it's always worse. Like even today, I was thinking about something and I was like, gosh, darn, man, I, my, my brain is making it 10x worse <laughs> than what it really is. And so I've learned for myself to sort of like, let it, let it, percolate in my head for a while and do things to manage my psychology, you know, you know, lift weights, you know, go on, you know, go on mm-hmm. hikes and long walks is, you know, sort of the, my thing that works, mm-hmm. but you got to get out of that immediate, like fear, you know, tensing mode. And then uh, what I found is once you get, they go, Oh, okay. It's not as bad as I thought it's actually, and I can, I can work this. Right. I, I start to think about what ways that we could, you know, be innovative or creative, but it's gotta be, reduce or eliminate the fear and the frozenness and the lockup first, mm-hmm. then, then that, uh, you know, that, that mood management to, you know, recenter. Remember earlier, we talked about, um, somebody I, I, I trust highly mm-hmm. a guy named Eric McDermott. Um, he basically, his concept is, you know, we're all like, we all have like a center, like psychological, emotional, physical center, and that life will always knock you off that center. Like that's what life does. That's what the world and, you know, economies and cycles and politics do. And so then it's a function of your capabilities to bring yourself back to center. And so that's what the eliminating fear is. You got knocked off center. You're, you're out on a, on a, you know, on the edge here and then you go, okay, I got to get myself back here. It's whatever you say to yourself, you know, whatever mantra you can use, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I got this. I got this, whatever, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but those go like in that order, fear, right. elimination, reduction first, then innovation, creativity, and opportunity second. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, we could talk for hours and hours uh, <laughs> and I've, I completely did not give your official bio, but uh, I want you to tell people how they can go and connect because yeah. you're in the real estate investment world. You do some incredible things in that space uh, in a very unique niche that people that are in the investing world might not even be aware of. So with Urban Pacific, so how do people get in touch and do you want to send them to maybe Twitter, your blog, or just where they can kind of connect with you personally? Yeah, I, I would just encourage people to go to our website. It's urbanpacific.com. And, you know, there's a contact page, so anybody can get a hold of anybody on our team there. Um, but when you go to that website, you know, on every page, there'll be a red button in one of the corners and uh, click that button and sign up for our email list. Uh, every Saturday, we put out a curated set of articles that are relevant to the, you know, conditions, economic conditions, cycles, new trends that we'll see. And I'm real estate centric, but I'm, I'm agnostic generally. So sometimes it'll be demographics. It'll be, you know, blockchain, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. new technologies, real estate, you know, will be, you know, probably, you know, 70% of it. Um, but go there and, and, and get on that email list and, and uh, you know, certainly encourage people to, you know, reach out through our contact page. Awesome. Love it. Yep. I'm on the email list. So uh, join me there and make sure you stay up with the articles and stuff that uh, the Scott and his team curates. So awesome, man. I really appreciate it. I love the direction the conversation went. It was totally not what I was initially expecting, but I'm super happy with uh, with the way it went. I love the way that your brain works. So thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Matt. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other entrepreneurs and experts. Every time you share the show, you're putting life-changing ideas into someone's life. Now, to get the micro-famous field report that helps you turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, go to microfamous.substack.com and enter your email to access it for free. That's where you get all my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos, everything goes into the micro-famous field report. So go to Substack, sign up for that today so you get that, and stay tuned for the next episode of One Book That Changed My Life. We'll see you there.